With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, tough game, tough game just happened out in Phoenix, Arizona against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So to recap the Tech Zags game, I had to bring on my right-hand man that is Dylan Smythe. What's up, Bill? You had to bring on the guy who believes in moral victories because if I didn't, oh man, life would be rough for Dylan if I didn't believe in moral victories, but... Well, I'll say that I'm a big believer that moral victories don't count unless you suck. And I don't think this team sucks. I think they came in this game truly believing they would be able to win this game. Um, But, I mean, it had to be a heartbreaker knowing about 30 minutes before the game that you would be at your best without your best player, Terrence Shannon, who was suffering from back spasms and didn't play at all. I mean, what do you think? uh, Terrence Shannon not playing in this game. What was your initial thoughts just hearing that news right before uh, tip off. Well, I mean, my initial thought was now we're definitely going to lose. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think Texas Tech put up a valiant effort without him, but to not have the one guy who, who can get you a bucket when you need it, it definitely showed in this game. And I think that's probably the, the biggest concern everyone should have about this team going forward in the half court. When you need a bucket, when you need something to happen, even with Terrence Shannon, this team could struggle. Yeah, it's well, I think the frustrating thing about this game was is that you saw where Terrence Shannon could have been used. Like you saw throughout the game, like, man, if we had Terrence Shannon here, because it actually I thought this game was very reminiscent of the Tennessee game. Right. The only difference is that Gonzaga actually hit their shots, but I thought it was reminiscent of it. And in the Tech Tennessee game in the second half, we went to Terrence Shannon. We said, okay, we can't buy a basket to save our lives. TSJ, Lord Jesus, please help us. And in this same situation, the same scenario in this game. Right. We we needed Ter- we needed a guy like Terrence Shannon. We didn't have that. And, and the guys. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the guys that tried to fill his shoes on the offensive end. And first one that comes to mind is Kevin McCullough. You could definitely tell that Kevin McCullough in this game said, 
we don't have our best score. I'm going to be that. Unfortunately, he went five for 15, missed all of his threes, and, and kind of sh- efficient. It wasn't very efficient, but he had still had a decent game. Yeah, you could see he was trying to pick up on the offensive end for sure. And, and he did kind of force things. And I think that's one of the, that's something we never really expected from from Kevin McCullers to see him try and force things offensively, but, but he kind of was in this game. And I, I think you could point at Taron Shannon as a reason why, but there's plenty of other players that I think could have got buckets that didn't necessarily get buckets. So it, it's unfortunate that McCullers felt he had to do it all, or he felt that he had to shoulder a lot of the offensive burden, but uh, I, I'd say one lone, uh, not one lone bright spot, but Adonis arms has really, really come forward, man. Friend of the pod, Adonis Arms, the last few games have been balling out. He hit that step back three, and I was like, okay, he's arrived. My boy. I'll say this. Adonis Arms, every game before this one, I'm like, ah, bro, don't don't shoot the three. (laughs) Don't shoot the three. Don't drive. Don't ball handle. Just catch the ball, set screens, and do the hard, dirty work. In this game, he said, you know what? I'm replacing Terrence Shannon in the starting lineup, and I'm going to make a do what I do. And he he did. He was, I agree, he was a big bright spot. He was probably our best offensive player, um, which is surprising I'm saying that because for a long time this season, he has not been. He's kind of been, you know, offensively inept at times. But this game kind of showed what his ability is. I remember when he was on the pot, he talked about some of the things that he could bring to the table. And one of his aspirations was going to the league. And this is really the first game where, I'll tell you this, I guarantee you scouts were watching this game. I actually know that there were some scouts in the in the crowd. They, they saw Adonis Arms in this game and said, you know what? Let's let's dig a little deeper into that one. Let's dig a little deeper into to arm because he's already has the defensive tools, but he actually he actually showed it in this game. Uh, a couple guys that didn't show it whatsoever in this game, and we've talked about one of them kind of being a little bit of a disappointment from his early his his early boom in the beginning of the season. But we haven't talked about Davion Warren as well. Bryson Williams and Davion Warren, are two guys, were so good early in the season, so strong early in the season. We we talked about them and and how good they were as transfers. But since we've played stiffer competition, both of them have faltered. Um, Davion Warren in this game, two for eight, only five points. Bryson Williams, two for ten. He only played 15 minutes in this game. What do you think about those two guys? And and we're just not, I mean, especially since we're not really getting much from them. Uh, you know, I think this is the first game Davion Warren was just legit, legitimately bad offensively. So I think he gets a pass because he did a lot of other good things. He led the team in assists. He was very active on defense. Um, I, I liked his effort. Uh, Bryson Williams continues to struggle. And I think if you're a Texas Tech fan, that has to cause some pause. You know, like we, we need easy inside buckets. This team really needs easy inside buckets. And, and we thought that's what Bryson Williams was coming here to do was, you know, score inside. And, and he struggled doing that. Um, I, I think Kevin O'Banner is someone who could score inside for us as well. And, you know, he just likes to pick his spots, it seems so. I understand. I understand this game. You're going up against, you know, two seven footers almost in Timmy and uh, Holmgren. So getting inside wasn't the way to go. But guys that were supposed to come in and bring offense haven't. I'll say this. Bryson Williams, I talk about missed buckets, missed layup after missed layup after missed layup for Bryson Williams. And I I said before this game that I, I still thought that Bryson Williams should be the starter because of his talent level. I. If I'm making the decisions for the Texas Tech Raiders, this is the last game Bryson Williams starts. 
I, I think it's just, at this point, he is just giving you some, sometimes he's out there and he's a negative. And actually, shout out to, to Ryan Mainville. He's kind of become the, the stats guy of Texas, uh, of Texas Tech media. But he talked, apparently Bryson Williams and Marco Santos Silva two-man lineup is the worst two-man lineup in the Big 12. The absolute worst. And I get why you ran it in this game, because like you said, they, they're, Gonzaga has size. But I don't want to see that ever again. I don't want to see them two play out there ever again. And especially since at this point, as we're speaking, that's the second and third best center on the team. The best center on the team is the guy we're going to talk about next, the Daniel Bacho. Daniel Bacho saw Chet Holmgren and said, I got this. And, and if you listen, if you ask me, Bacho in less minutes outplayed Chet Holmgren with, except, with one exception, the fact that Holmgren was rebounding like crazy. But outside of that, like he just went, when Bacho was out there, Holmgren struggled. He had problems because Bacho was bigger, just as tall, just as long. And Bacho wasn't scared of him. Yeah, I, I'm all in on starting Daniel Bacho. I, I, I think he should have started in this game. And, and if you go back for the last three games, I think he's led our bigs in minutes in the last three games. So even though he's not starting, this the staff has clearly recognized he's worth playing and worth playing big minutes because his, his effort uh, defensively, his size offensively, it, it's and his rebounding skills, it's all things this team needs. And... Uh, he seems to do really well with that starting it like with the starting five when he's slid into that rotation. He seems to do really well with that squad. Yeah, I mean, Bacho is he uh, there. If there's one thing we've learned from the beginning of the season is Bacho's there. I, I was actually in one of my one of my group chats. I, I was talking about it. I was talking about the absence of Terrence Shannon and the fact that Gonzaga has two guys that will absolutely be in the NBA and, and, and one or two more that have a shot at it. Uh, to our tech, as of right now, we really only have one guy that will definitely be that will get a legitimate shot in the NBA. That's Terrence Shannon, and everybody else is vying for for a chance. But towards the end of the game, I, I, I said it in my group chat. I take that back. I said I t- my exact quote was, "I take it back." There's another guy that actually has a legit shot at it, and it's Daniel Bacho. He has everything there. He has the size. He has the the length. Uh, defensively, he he's already arrived. He's become sort of that rim protector, and now it's just getting the offensive side, which. But speaking of offense, that little fifteen foot gimme yet on the on the uh, on the baseline there, that's what you want from a seven footer. That's perfect, and he doesn't really have to do too much outside of that. So, uh, Bacho, he has all the tools. And 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 before I get a bunch of people in my mentions coming, but what about Kevin McCuller? Kevin McCuller is going to have a shot, but he still has some work to do as well uh, on that front. So we've talked a lot about some of the last guy. Actually, the last guy I want to talk about before we switch and kind of talk about the the game in itself is. My boy, even though he was really out there getting cardio for a good amount of it, but my boy Clarence Nadalny, who, listen, I know three points, two assists, two rebounds, doesn't sound like much, but this was his best game of the season, if you ask me. I think he was out there. He was a true point guard, something that we haven't had since Malik Wilson got been hurt, and he did. He was a big one of the big reasons why Tech was able to cut the lead down to two. I thought he was good out there, and I want to see him get more minutes. His uh, his energy is is electric, and and it doesn't matter. Sometimes he goes a little too far with that energy, but you, you'll take it, you know. And he bothers other teams' point guards. It doesn't matter if they're the starter, their backup. But it doesn't even matter if it's he bothers whoever he's guarding on a consistent basis. So his energy is is really nice to see. And yeah, he he played a lot of minutes in this game, twenty nine minutes, and which was surprising to me. But in the absence of um. Tara Shannon, it was Adonis Arms and Clarence Sandolny that were asked to kind of pick up the slack. And Adonis Arms picked it up offensively, and I think Nadolny picked it up defensively. 
Absolutely. So uh, before we get into this game, I do want to wish everyone a happy holidays as we're approaching Christmas. And with that, listen, if you're, you're the person that's last minute getting his gifts, getting anything that he needs, uh, getting anything he or she needs, let me tell you something. I got, I got it. I got the gift for you. I got what you can get your people, your mom, your dad, all that stuff. Home field apparel. They got the best in old school Texas Tech swag. Uh, you know, you get your nice little double T with the Red Raider riding on a horse on the side. I'm wearing, I'm literally wearing that right now from Home Field Apparel. They have, they, I mean, listen, some of the stuff they have is just absolutely fantastic. But I'll, I'll, I'll be real with you, Red Raiders. We got to pick it up. Every time Home Field puts out like their top 25 and, and some of the apparel they come out, I don't see tech there. We got to pick it up. And I'm going to help you out with this. Promo code TAKES12, that's T-A-K-E-S-1-2, TAKES12, gets you 50% off of your first order. That is the way you're going to be able to get uh, your gifts for your dad, gifts for your mom, gifts for your girl, your brother, your sister, all that stuff, right before Christmas comes out. That's the best way to do it. And I know you'd want some home fit apparel, so get yourself a gift for yourself as well. Right, so there you go. Takes twelve to get fifteen percent off your first order, and let's let's shoot up the rankings there, Red Raiders. We can't be getting shown up by A and M in Texas. What is this? Yeah, I, I mean, moms or my mom or my friends, if you're listening, you know, I, I could do with one of these old school double T Matador shirts that they got going on here. So, if anyone's still wondering what's a good old Dylan for Christmas, <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think I know what I need to get done for Christmas myself. Um, so as we get as we jump back into the game itself here, Texas Tech at Gonzaga. Let's talk about the game flow. So first half. So Tech was down eight at halftime, but it's weird. We've been down before. We've been doing this potting and blogging and stuff like that for some years now. We've been down by eight before, but it, this game felt weird in that we were down by eight against the fifth ranked team in the country, a true, true national championship contender. But it didn't feel like we were out of the game at halftime. At halftime, you still felt that defense was great. We just the shots were there. We just got to make them. And if we make them, we'll be fine. I mean, how were you feeling at halftime? Yeah, I think at halftime we held them at twelve or thirty shooting, and, and Gonzaga routinely scores fifty three percent in the second in offensive efficiency in the nation. So at halftime, I was feeling pretty dang good without Terrence Shannon um, seeing. Seeing the guys hang in there and, and limiting Timmy and Holmgren down low. I mean, we, we've talked about this the last few games. Texas Tech takes away your stars. And and the, your role players or your secondary players have to beat the other team. And it's unfortunate that Rasir Bolden decided he was going to be the one to beat us. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Man, Michael. Well, actually, before we get into Bolton, I just want to say one thing at the end of the first half, and I think one of the reasons why we were so optimistic was, again, we're going to go back to Daniel Bacho. Bacho had that block, which he rolls up like a monster <laughs> in Space Jam to get that block out of the uh, out of the sky, right? And then Nadoni drives the lane and assists him right before halftime with a nice little baseline dunk. So that gives you energy right before the half. And that energy, I think, started in the second half. After they were down in the second half by 10 right off the, right off the bat, uh, came through and made it a two-point. It was 40-42 to 42 with 14 minutes left in the game. Tech had all the momentum. Timeout, Mark Few. And it seemed like... Without Terrence Shannon, these Red Raiders might just do it. Terrence Shannon was hype off the bench. He had to, you know, use his walking, his cane to get up because I'm sure his back his back was killing him so bad. But everybody, Red Raiders, a lot of Tech fans were in the building. Everyone was hype. Everyone was pumped. Unfortunately, Mark Few knew what was going down. And from that moment on, two guys 
from Gonzaga really killed us. Uh, you already talked about Bolton, but also Andrew Nemard. Just they were unconscious, could not miss whatsoever. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, they couldn't miss from three. Uh, I think that was that was like the nail in the coffin. Is those guys were getting open threes, and when they got them, they were making them. Um, yeah, Rasir Bolton, he, he he was he was a problem. And then Nimhard in the second half, particularly Nimhard in the second half, it seemed that you know the, this game was won and lost at the three point line. And I think Texas Tech from three, we shot like thirty something percent, and they shot forty one percent. So that that'll do it. That'll do it right there. Um, it's unfortunate that we lose a game because we can't guard the three. It's really what it felt like to me. So it almost felt like a defensive problem. But then again, Texas Tech in the half court, the offense, it's just it's almost non-existent. Yeah, I mean, I will say this, though. So uh, Texas Tech, they put the stat up during the game that Texas Tech uh, – Something like, and I, I'm sure I'm getting the stat wrong, but I know it's a r- roughly around here. About 48% of the opposing team's field goal attempts are from threes, right? Overall, I mean, in, in, in this game, in this game, actually more than half of the field goal attempts from Gonzaga was from three. And why? It's because we eliminate your middle. You don't really have a lot of driving lanes to get to the basket. And I mean, especially when you have a guy like Daniel Bacho out there who's so lengthy, it's going to be even worse. Uh, with that, though, we. I think this team struggles to rotate effectively to cover the three-man. And eventually what ended up happening is, is that both Bolton and Nemhard got those first few empty threes. And then even when they were covered, by that point, they're feeling it. By that point, they're warm. Like a couple of Nemhard's last shots were hand in his face, Adonis arms right all over him. It didn't matter. He's on fire, NBA jam style. So, like, it, it it's it's giving we're, I think our defense is we don't play like Syracuse and as far as we have a two three zone but we give up three similar to Syracuse and that's going to be a problem against good three point shooting teams especially when we get a conference play yeah and, and the uh, to remedy that a you've got to make your threes which Texas Tech has struggled has struggled to do or you you just got to find a way to rotate a little bit better but this we're we're kind of I don't want to say we're deep in a season but we're rapidly approaching uh conference play and i think that's something you want to see cleaned up from texas tech absolutely so one thing to do i do want to say, talk about we and you kind of mentioned it beforehand with Terrence shannon so Terrence shannon's our best player i mean there's really no if ands or buts about it he's the best player on texas tech's team he's our go-to guy he's the reason and i've talked about this before on the pod that similar to when we had jerry culver and keenan evans that he's that go-to especially in the half court and he's that guy. He's if Tech has a shot at truly going far deep in the tournament, it's because we're going to have Terrence Shannon. Now, not only is Terrence Shannon hurt, he has back spasms. Back injuries don't go away. This is back injuries are those that are going to be linger and linger and linger. Um, especially in this game, which like I said, scouts were at the game and the scouts wanted to see Terrence Shannon play and they weren't able to. That's going to be a red flag, not just for him in the next level, but for our season this here right now. This is Terrence Shannon not playing puts a big dent into some of our plans just because he's he's a bucket he's the guy we need to go to and if Darren Davion Warren can't be the bucket we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season and Kevin McCullough just that's not really pressing is not his style I mean how much is a future Shannon injury worry you or is it something that that's a one game thing we should not even worry about it I mean considering this is something that Terrence Shannon has been battling for what a year and a half now um, I, I think this should be a, a big concern for Texas tech fans. And honestly, I feel the worst for Terrence Shannon himself because 
the the only logical explanation to to me for him not getting a lot of draft interest last season was because of the injury concerns. And so, you know, the idea was, okay, let's take one more year in college. Let's get right. Let's get healthy and then go on the Terrence Shannon NBA draft revenge tour. You know, I was all in for it. But if this injury problem lingers, not only does it impact, you know, Texas Tech's ability to make a run in March, but it unfortunately it's probably something scouts are very hesitant about. It does make me wonder, so who who does pick up that slack? And, and unfortunately, in my opinion, what we saw from Arms is great. And I think if that continues, that's fantastic. We're going to need something from Davion Ward. It's just, it, he's going to have to be. He, at the beginning of the season, we talked about the fact that he was a bucket. He has the ability to get bu- baskets in a way that only a few guards, even in the entire conference, can. He, he has all the tools. He has the step back. He's a decent three-point shooter, can drive in, has a spin move, he has the up and under. He has all these things in his bag. His duffel is, is packed, but he is inefficient, extremely inefficient. And he and then also, because he's like this, if he doesn't, if he starts questioning himself, you see in the second half, he, he, he's overthinking a lot of times. It happens to the best scorers, right, where they have an off game and now they're overthinking. We saw that in this game with him offensively. We saw in the Tennessee game as well to where he's now, oh, man, what, I, I got to, well, this wasn't working the first half. Is it going to work now? And if we have, if injury problems are starting to plague Terrence Shannon more, I, we're going to have to have Davion Warren really step up. Or maybe it's one of the guys like a Chabuzo Agbo. He barely played in this game. But maybe it's seeing how what, what he can do. Maybe it's seeing if any of these guys that haven't really gotten many minutes can provide some type of spark, offensive spark off the bench. You know, I, I think it has to be by committee. I, I don't think there's one person you can plug in and expect to fill the shoes of Terrence Shannon. I think it's got to be by committee. And I think it starts with some guys that are in the, the starting five. O'Banner has to be more aggressive. O'Banner, we need to see him play with confidence. And, and it has to be from more than one spot. Like we need to see him backing guys down. We need to see him, you know, taking pull-up jumpers. We need to see him in the pick-and-roll game. Uh, I think that's something Texas Tech in the in the half court. We're in the half court. Let's put guys like Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner in the pick-and-roll, the pick-and-pop, and, pop, and let, let's try and get something going. And I think that's one way we could get Kevin O'Banner going in the pick-and-roll and pick-and-pop game. Absolutely. Oral Roberts last year used the pick-and-pop game a lot with Kevin O'Banner. Yeah. Him and Abe Miss absolutely were killing teams um, over at Oral Roberts. That's his. That's kind of his style. He likes being the picker in that one because also he's really good on the roll as well. He's not just a guy that can just pick and pop. He, he's really good in that that scenario. I need Kevin O'Banner to stop being a role player, really, especially with Terrence Shannon out. Like, like I, I get it. You want, you're, you're trying to fit in and you want to be P.J. Tucker of this team, and that's fantastic. But let me tell you something. P.J. Tucker in college was a beast. He was a man among men, right? P.J. Tucker, Draymond Green, these guys were, were, were getting buckets. <laughs> I need you to stop being a role player on this team, especially with Terrence Shannon out, and really take over. If you remember, Kevin O'Banner almost got drafted himself last year, right? People, I, I was in draft, uh, uh, draft group chats and draft conversations with scouts that truly thought Kevin O'Banner was going to get drafted or at least had a legit shot at, at getting drafted somewhere. And then he comes back and he's kind of fitting into this role. And it's, it's uh, you know, that's not what I think tech fans expected. It's kind of what I expected, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I've also, I've been down, I've, you know, I haven't really been high on O'Banner from the beginning. But it's, it's he, I, I didn't expect him to just all of a sudden be this, hey, I'm going to just hang out at the three-point line and, and, and leave it at that. I will say he's a good defender. He's a better defender than I thought he would be. 
at this level. But his offensive game has definitely left something to be desired. Now, I agree with you. He needs to be more aggressive and actually and, – and stop being a role player and let's, let's get after it. Let's get some buckets. So Texas Tech now, we're, we're in this partner season. We're 8-2, and two, right? The team is about to play – before we enter conference season, we have two more non-conference games, both at home, one against Eastern Washington – uh, and one against Alcorn State. Now, Alcorn State's going to be a blowout. They're not a very good basketball team. Eastern Washington's a mid-major. Not terrible, but also should be a, a nice, easy win, hopefully more than we saw against Arkansas State. But this was our last test before conference season. And I said that in this game, I felt this game would tell us all we need to know about the Red Raiders. Uh, because, I mean, the Providence and Tennessee game, we had one win, one loss, and it still kind of left some questions on the team. What is your feelings about this team as we're about to end the conference season? You know, I'm going to say a lot of things under the impression that over the next, I don't know, week and a half, Terrence Shannon will get healthy and he's going to be ready for conference season. If he's not, this is a whole different discussion. Um, But I I still feel pretty good about this Texas Tech team. We're still top 10 defensively. Like the Mark Adams defense is in full effect. You've seen it come together over the course of the last few weeks. Um, I'll, I'll go back to it offensively. If we're not running, if we're not getting a stop and running, the offense scares the living crap out of me because it's just not there. You just, there's a lot of guys standing around setting picks when maybe they don't need to be. Um, I, I think that's my biggest concern going into conference play is the half court offense. And, um, I, I, I think the, the two big games we played have, expose some weaknesses to our teams and I, I think they're very real because we have not figured them out since learning of them i'll say this the motion offense is still there yeah <laughs> honestly not much has changed <laughs> offensively except for we no. run when we get a stop but yeah, absolutely we don't we we do go we do go out on the fast break a lot more but as far as the half court set i mean there's really no difference between this team and what we have with, with beard so it's the motion offense is absolutely still there i will say this the, the thing is even though we did kind of uh, dog some of the players in, in this gonzaga game we did kind of talk about some of the the, the inefficiencies we saw Terrence Shannon brings again, man. He brings another level on the on this team, and I think if Terrence Shannon's playing in this game. I, I'm not saying we win this game, but I also don't think it's a 14 point loss. I, I think this game is that we were we were within two without him. With him, I, you know, we we would have the lead at that point, and and, and I think it would have been a much more back and forth game. I think that this game would have been a lot more reminiscent of the Duke Texas Tech game uh, back in 2018. Had this had Terrence Shannon played, I think Terrence Shannon plays. Then I'm I'm with you. I'm not as worried about this team. I think this team is ex- exactly what I thought they would be, which is I think I had Tech picked as the third best team in the conference, and I'm still comp- I'd still be pretty confident about that. Uh, maybe fourth, depending on how I, you think of Iowa State. They've they've been much better than I, anyone could have expected. But they're they're about where I expect I would have picked them as as about like the fifteenth best team in the country with Terrence Shannon. Without him, I, I'm 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 worried. <laughs> without Terrence Shannon, that this is is a much different conversation. Without Terrence Shannon, this team is now a team that's you, you, you know much lower when it comes to the NCAA tournament uh, situation, unless shoes are filled uh, appropriately. Uh, but it's it doesn't get easy as we go into conference season. I mean, our first four games we have Oklahoma State at Iowa State against Kansas and at Baylor. That is that is 
a murderous group just to enter conference season. So, and especially since, I mean, students aren't going to be a student. A lot of the students aren't going to be back yet for those first couple of games. So um, it's, it's going to be pretty tough. Baylor is much better. Baylor's the best team in the country right now. Iowa state, like I said, they, they were supposed to be the worst team in the, in the, in the conference and they've just ballooned out of nowhere. Luckily, Oklahoma state's kind of disappointed up to this point, but still like it's, this is a tough, tough conference. The big, the big 12, we're the sec of basketball. Like let's not get it twisted. We are the sec of basketball and this year is no different. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah. You, you mentioned it. Oklahoma state's probably the weakest one of that bunch. And yeah, they're they're on an NCAA revenge tour. Mike Boyden is so they're going to be scary any given night. Um, Baylor has just it doesn't matter that they lost two of their best players last year. They are the same exact team they were. They play incredible defense and they're really efficient. So they lost five rotation players and come back like it's nothing. Yeah. This is oh, this is I'm tired of Baylor getting good things. This is annoying yep. as hell. I'm sick of it. Um, so yeah, so. Next game for the Red Raiders on the 22nd against Eastern Washington. It is a home game on our favorite network. That's Big 12 now. <laughs> Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I will say Eastern Washington did put up a fight uh, at Colorado the other day. Barely lost that game. They're not, they're not a terrible game. They're going to put up a fight against the Red Raiders. Or terrible. They're not a terrible team, sorry. They're going to put up a fight against the Red Raiders. Still, I, I, I expect, I hope it's not another 13-point win like it was against Arkansas State. And I think that kind of expose some of the flaws that we have on the team as well. But um, I hope it's a little bit better than that one. But if, if listen, if tech, if tech kind of overlooks their opponent, it could be another one where you're looking at a, at a 10 point game all the way through, like you were against Arkansas state. You know, I would hope that Terrence Shannon rests this game, takes the game off, you know, let's just save it for conference play um, at this point. But yeah. if I'm Mark Adams, I'm grabbing Kevin O'Banner. I'm grabbing Bryson Williams and telling one of them, Hey, this is your game take over offensively be aggressive this is your game because we 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 need to start preparing for someone to be that dude to score when uh terrence shannon isn't in the game you know i uh i actually i'm gonna go the other way on this one i want to see more of the guys that we haven't seen much of i want to see somebody else step up from the back end so dark Calhoun, he hasn't played from the beginning of the season because let's face it, he did not play well at the beginning of the season. Played pretty badly. I want to see. And listen, I, I part of me is being selfish because I was very high on the Sadar Calhoun train in the offseason, thinking he'd be a good piece for us. He has not been. But I want to see him play in this game. I want to see KJ Allen. KJ Allen and Chibuzo Agbo barely played in the Gonzaga game. And they had a combined five minutes total between the two of them. I want to see them play. Let's see. Let's let's actually get them out there. And I want to see Daniel Bacho start. It's it's time. It's it's Coach Adams. It's time. <laughs> so uh, uh anyway anything else you want to say to the people dylan you know not the people uh, i doubt this guy is a friend of the pod anymore because he plays for the university of houston but congratulations kyler edwards thousand point scorer in in college uh i, I still wish him very well i think he was a, a great player for texas tech congratulations kyler edwards 1000 points so I'll say this listen i i, I dog kyler edwards quite a bit in his three years here at tech um, and I know a lot of people listening to the pot ain't gonna like this. He made the right choice. I'm I'm sorry. He made the he made the right choice. Houston is balling, and he's a big part of it. Night man, I wish Kyle Edwards was on this team so bad. <laughs> he has absolutely Kelvin Sampson has made. I'm not gonna say he's made him into a star, but the Kyle Edwards we've uh, if you've watched any of the Houston Cougars games, the Kyle Edwards that we've seen now, and the Kyle Edwards that we saw at Tech 
two completely different players. It's a very different um, offense over there, and and he fits very well with what they're one. doing offensively. It's a fun offense. It's a fun, it's an offense <laughs> that I like. We haven't seen an offense like this <laughs> here in a but few They move years. the ball and score. What? Oh my goodness! It's oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, such a wild concept. Um, so no, but absolutely, congrats, Kyler Edwards. You have shut haters like me up. So uh, uh, absolutely, look, it, it's a uh, you know if Tech can't have it, I'm glad a, a Tech grad can, and so uh, that's fantastic. As for me, I mean, listen, we're eight and two. We're not going to be ranked by the time this podcast episode drops, but I still think everything's in front of this team. Uh, Terrence Shannon, huge question mark in this game, but I do think that if some of the things that we were talking about, guys like Kevin, I mean, Kevin McCullough is going to still, listen, Kevin McCullough is going to do, make a do what to do. Kevin McCullough is going to be the one that's like, I, he's going to look internally and he's going to try to make things, make magic happen. And I hope he does. He is, I, 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 he embodies everything that makes us Red Raider fans, Red Raider fans. He is, he embodies it all. Hard work, dedication, uh, school pride, all of it. And he's, he's, we haven't talked much about his impact, but I, I, that is one player, no matter what happens, I don't question anything about it. I think he's going to come out. He's going to be, he's going to be a fully uh, well-rounded player and do what it takes to get us wins down the stretch with or without Terrence Shannon. So, um, so shout out to Kevin McCullough. I just want to put that out there for him. Uh, So, that's all, folks. That's all we got as we gear up for the next two games. Uh, and we are going to have a pod about the bowl game that's about to come up. Dylan, we're going to a bowl. We haven't gone to a bowl in a while. We're going to have to preview it up against the Pirate from Mississippi State. Uh, so that should be that should be a fun, fun episode. And we're going to have to make sure that the gang's all there for that one. So for Dylan Smythe, our producer extraordinaire, this is Albie Shore. You've listened to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.